Welcome to Kanza Radio, a weekly update on the people, events, activities, and initiatives of the Kahn Nation, people of the South Wind, on 1230 WBBZ and 1047 The Bull. Now from the Kahn Nation studios, this week's edition of Kanza Radio. For this segment, we have Lori George. She's the project coordinator for Kahn Nation Women's Health Program. Thank you for coming in today, Lori. Oh, thanks for having me. Now, you work out of Newkirk, correct? Yes. Are you in the health clinic there? We are. We're at the Kansas Health Center that's located at 3151 East River Road in Newkirk, Oklahoma. Now, that's part of a collaborative effort. You work with Indian Health Services, the Division of Cancer Prevention and Control. Yes, we are a grant that services women for their early detection screenings of breast and cervical cancer. Um, We service women out of Newkirk, but we also have several partnering clinics, as well as um, we can service women that are non-native as well. Okay. And those are in several areas, right? A lot of the local cities, uh, White Eagle, Pawnee, Pawhuska, and Perkins. Yes. Okay. Now, they just, if someone's interested in this, they just need to reach out to you directly. Yes, give me a call at 580-362-1039. My extension is 207, or just ask for Lori. And give us a call, and we can kind of run through the criteria that it takes to qualify for our program. Um, We focus mainly on low-income and uninsured women that we fund to get these services. Excellent. So it's a very broad service. You don't have to be native. Don't think that you need to have insurance or have money to pay for this. That's kind of what this program is designed for. Right. We will be paying for your mammograms or your pap smears. Yes. Okay. How long have you been the coordinator for the health program? What led you to take that position? I've been here almost two years partly because cancer has affected my family personally. Um, and I love the mission of this this grant that we um, service women. If I can help women get these screenings and detect cancer early, that's a job well done. Your department, like you said, provides clinical procedures to detect abnormalities that can lead to more serious issues down the road. Give us a general overview of some of these services. What can someone expect if they come to you for help? Yeah, so um, we can provide breast and cervical screenings. So a mammogram to women over 40, um, and then cervical screenings, which is like a pap smear for a woman starting at age 21. Okay. So age is something that you need to be mindful of when you're thinking about these potential health issues. You said um, over 40 for mammogram, and then as young as 21 when we're looking at the, the cervical. cervical. Okay. Correct. Correct. You have a series of mobile mammogram events coming up, um, two of which are actually happening today and tomorrow. By the time this airs, those will already have passed. But for anybody who wasn't able to make it to those events, there's actually two more events coming up on December 27th and 28th. I imagine these take place at the Kanza Clinic in Newkirk, correct? Yes, yes. We have the bus come from OU Breast Health out of Oklahoma City. They come to our um, location here in Newkirk, and we will be seeing patients December 27th and 28th, and then they will not be back again until February 1st. But if in the meantime you feel like you need a mammogram or you need to be seen for a cervical screening, reach out to me at 
362-1039 and I can get you set up. We do have a partnership that I can send you to like Alliance Health in Ponca City or one of our partnering clinics in Stillwater and go ahead and get that mammogram if you cannot hit the dates that we have our mobile mammogram bus here. In terms of these mobile mammogram events, are they pretty popular? Do you have a, a lot of women that come to these? Yes. Yes, we do. Is it a decent wait? Would you say if someone comes, they, they, they're waiting for a little while for their... Um, no, not necessarily. We we do try to set it up on a, you know, schedule. We have appointments every 15 minutes okay. on the bus. Um, normally, you are not having to wait more than 10 or 15 minutes to get on the bus. We're pretty good about getting it scheduled and keeping keeping it punctual. Excellent. And it's a female nurse practitioner. Yes. So if you do come and see us at the the, um, Kansas Health Center or one of the partnering clinics that my nurse practitioner sees, she is a female nurse practitioner that will be doing the um, cervical screening on you. And a lot of women just seem to really like that, have a woman um, do those services for them. Now, in terms of statistics, I'm noticing that one in eight women in the U.S. will develop breast cancer at some point in their lifetime. That's that's a pretty serious statistic. It made me realize how important it is to stay ahead of this and to be aware of potential abnormalities. Are there any symptoms or things that women can look for personally before they take the next step? Oh, sure. Definitely know your family history um, for breast cancer. You know, smoking, obesity, older women. As you get older, you get a higher risk for breast cancer. But one thing we also stress to women is do your monthly self-exams at home and just make sure you're aware of your, your body and your breast. And if anything comes about, like if you start feeling a lump, if you have nipple discharge, if you're having pain in your breast, it's not normal um, and doesn't go away, definitely contact someone or us and we'll see if we can get you um, scheduled. In terms of self-exams, are there resources available to people if they want to learn more about how to conduct self-exams? Um, we have some brochures that we could definitely um, help you with. You can We can reach out with our nurse practitioner and educate you on the best methods to do it. But that the one best thing that we can say is definitely do your um, monthly self-exams on yourself for breast. And at age 40 is when you need to start getting a yearly mammogram. That is every year. It is very important to go and have this done. Um, you can start as early as 35 if you have a um family history of breast cancer, but you know, most, most of the time the norm is at 40. Another statistic I noticed, cervical cancer affects nearly 250,000 women in the United States, a quarter million. I think it's incredible that we have people like you that dedicate so much time and effort into being a solution and help prevent these health risks. Yeah, um, cervical cancer is definitely something you don't hear a whole lot about or you don't think a whole lot about, but it definitely affects women as well. What we encourage is to start your um, cervical cancer screenings, which is known as a pap smear, at age 21. And the guidelines for that is that you um, continue to get those every three years. Well, thank you for all this information. Thank you for sitting down with us. Again, we have mobile mammogram events at the Konza Clinic in Newkirk coming up December 27th and 28th. We keep these dates on our social media, Facebook account, as well as on our websites. And it sounds like there's going to be some more coming up in February. Do you have the dates for those or are we still establishing those? February 1st will be the the bus in 
the bus will be back to us February 1st. Um, so yeah, just let, let us know, reach out to us again. The phone number is 580-362-1039. My extension is 207. Ask for Lori. We'll be happy to, um, run down the criteria that it takes. Um, again, we are basically, our focus was for low income, non-insured women that would not get these services otherwise, because they wouldn't be able to afford them. Such an incredible resource for the local community. Whether you're native or not, please reach out to Lori if this is something that you think would help you. Thank you again, Lori, and have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks for having me. You're listening to Kanza Radio on 1230 WBBZ and 1047 The Bull. For more information, visit connation.com. For this segment, we have Storm Brave. She's the language director for Connation. Thank you for coming in today, Storm. Uh, thank you for asking me. So you're a Connation tribal member who's very involved with the culture and language. Tell us a little bit about how Connation culture shaped your upbringing. Well, I was raised by my mother, Gonze Wakoyi. She's Gonze, and she's from the Donikashinga, the Deer Clan. So being raised around my culture and my language is how I have my position today. Although my father, he is from the Wajakalin district, and he's Wajaji. So I'm both tribes. I'm Wajaji and Gonze. But I was raised Gonze. And ever since I was little, I have been here with, on my Gonze reservation with my people and just immersed in this environment. So I guess that's how I am who I am today. So at what point did you know that you wanted to use this upbringing and being so embedded in your culture to help preserve our native language? What ultimately led you to becoming the language director for Ka Nation? I think what led me to this position today is the path that my grandma, Iko Gitse Mariro, she was the one in the 1970s who preserved our language and worked with a linguist from KU. Dr. Bob Rankin, to preserve our Gonze Ie so it is able to carry on and be picked up by me, her granddaughter, and I foresee it having a good future now, and it wouldn't be possible without my grandma, Maud Rowe, today. You also mentioned Dr. Rankin. Mm-hmm. I've seen some things throughout the archives on our, on our .com website. He played a, a pretty important role for a long time as well, correct? Yes, when my grandma Madro uh, began her journey on this language preservation and and putting a, together a dictionary in the 1970s, she worked with Dr. Bob Rankin, and she lived in Scheidler, Oklahoma. Still today, when I listen to her audio tapes in my office, um, I can hear in the background a bunch of children, and that's actually my mom and my uncles playing in the background. And he would come there every day and they would sit under this big tree in Scheidler and they would work on making a dictionary and studying the Gonze Ie so it could be preserved for today. When I was little, something else that probably shaped me is my mother, little Carol Clark, she used to work for the language department and she worked with my teacher, my Taposka, Justin McBride. She worked there and my little brother and I were taking Gonze Ie classes when we were five and six years old, and we stuck with our Gonze Ie classes until we graduated high school. And so 
having that much language training and studying, that's how I also got here. Our language is referred to as Degiha Soan, which basically means that it's part of a larger language family involving other tribes, right? Yes. It said like a long day ago that there was um, one tribe and the Kanze Nikashinga, they actually don't say Degiha, we say Yagaha Nikashinga. There was five tribes that were one tribe. It was the Omaha or the Umaha, Bonka, Wajaji, Ogapa, and Kanze Nikashinga. And that'll be Ponka, Kwapa, Omaha, Gonze, and Wajaji, or Osage. And a long time ago, we were all together, but as we started making our way across the plains, we started to break apart. And the Ponka Nikashinga, they kind of went one way towards Nebraska, and I guess like the western part of Oklahoma. And then the Omaha, they stayed up north, and the Gonze, Wajaji, and Ogapa Nikashinga, we came down a little bit further. And then soon the Ogapa or Kwapa Nikashinga, they broke off and they went downstream. And today you, you would notice that their casino is called the Downstream Casino. That's just them and part of our history as the Degiha people. And then the Wajaji and the Gonze Nikashinga stayed together the longest. And you can kind of tell that in our our languages because they're so similar. When you're listening to them both, it's kind of hard to tell sometimes who is speaking what because we're just still very closely related. That also gives us good language allies and a good future, I guess, because we would kind have helps someone. To preserve it. Yeah, yeah, preserve it because we'll always have somebody to to help us. We'll never be our ne- our language will never be taken from us. So, tell us about some of the programs that you currently have in place regarding education and preserving the language for future generations. I believe you have locations in Cost City as well as Newkirk. My uh, language department in Gonze Tamo in Cost City, we have an immersion class at 10.30 a.m. on Mondays and Wednesdays. And those classes are for mostly before school age children, and that's who I target in those classes because they're, um, they're being immersed in, into Gonze Ia, so I try to speak as much Gonze Ia as I can, and that's where... I have some really good speakers that have left that class to go to regular school. And it's just amazing seeing how much they can actually learn before they go to school. But it's kind of sad once they do go to school, they kind of lose those skills. But I still get them on Christmas breaks and Thanksgiving breaks and stuff like that. So that's an immersion class. And I have currently have a set of two-year-old twins and a two and two more two-year-olds that are cousins, and I have two sisters that are just from here in Cos City, and so a kind of nice size class for language class, and that's something that is new or newer to our to our people, and it started when I started as the director to have immersion classes, and then we have a, a class that's our advanced class that's been going for. A little over 20 years and there's two students still left in there and they work to research and it's more of a conversational class and that's on Thursday evenings at 5 30 and those classes our advanced class is actually on zoom as well so if you are wanting to 
enroll into that class, it's it's pretty easy. If you look on the website, you will see our email and our phone numbers. And if you just give us your email address, we can send you the links to those classes as well. Right now, um, those are the only two classes I have in Cost City, the immersion class and the advanced class. But starting in January, we will be having a beginner's level course that's probably around six weeks long, and that will hopefully be on Zoom, so you can Zoom in wherever you are, or it will be at the Library and Learning Center in Cost City. Hopefully by then, we'll have our camera to where you can go to that class from our Newkirk site as well. That way, we're offering it in both communities. My classes in Newkirk, I like to call the the Cost City Language Department the Language Department. And then when we move to Newkirk, that's our Youth Language Department. That's where where we are located. We have access to 75 students just right there within the same area. But we do, on Fridays, we have a youth class that has around 23 to 25 kids that attend on Fridays from 3.30 to around 5.15. They are dropped off by the Newkirk school bus. We also transfer them from Scheidler schools and Ponca City schools. So once we all get there at 3.45, we start learning our Gonze EA and working on stuff that, that we need to work on, like performances and competitions, just fun ways to keep our language revitalization going amongst our youth. Um, why I say there's 75 students is because it's also conveni- conveniently located next to our child care facilities. And we have our before school age children in what I call the red building. And there's about 30 Jingaji children in that facility. And then across the street, we have our after school program that has about 20 to 25 students in there. And then I have my 25 that that commute to language class on Fridays. So you cover the spectrum. You have all sorts of um, resources available if you want to learn the language for multiple ages. Mm -hmm. So if someone was interested in learning about the language or wanting to become more affluent in it, what advice would you give them? What are some of the steps they can take to get started? What they should do is probably join a class and stick with it. Learning language is never easy, and know that it's important and the importance of your language. It's sacred, and it's going. it needs to be here for many generations. So I think just telling yourself that, that it's important and actually going to class and making that effort, I think that's enough. We have connation.gov slash language. That'll have any contact information you need to get a hold of Storm and inquire into joining classes. That webpage also has um, various language resources, links to her learning site, her online learning site, vocabulary downloads, uh, basic language course, compiled prayers, and even a guide on Kanza verbs. You have personally authored a few educational materials, some books. I believe they're targeted towards children, correct? Yes. One is a traditional story um, called Wahoyinge, which is about an orphan and his journey on, I think, trying to find a wife and um, living with his grandma outside of the 
the Camp Circle. It's it's a really cool book. It comes with an audio book in the back, so you're able to read along and listen to the pronunciation of the words. I think there's also a key in there with our alphabet on it, so it's a really useful learning tool. The other book is a coloring book for young children, and it goes over our numbers and a few animals and other useful vocabulary for them. It also comes with an audio book in the back, so you're able to listen to the pronunciation. Those are both really good, but what I would start with would probably be come by the language department and grab a dictionary from me, because our our dictionary, in the front of it, it's in Kanze'ie, and in the back of it, it's in Mahitange'ie, English, so you don't have to know Kanze'ie to look up a word. You can look up whatever word you want in English and find that pronunciation, so if you have a Gonze dictionary, I think that's the most useful language tool you can have. And if you're Gonze, those are free. Come to my department and see me. What other kinds of literature are available regarding, uh, you know, language education and preservation? Yeah, we have several different things. And if if you're curious about your clan or your people, we have a clan book that goes over that and some responsibilities of, of your clan and the way that, that our people were. And there's also, there's so, so many resources and materials in language because I'm not the only one that's been here. There's been my teacher, Justin McBride. There's been Dr. Bob Rankin, my grandma. There's hours and hours of audio. I mean, a decade worth of audio. So if you wanted to listen to those, come by the language department. Those are available to you. There's a lot. You've also been doing some gardening projects what are some of the ways that you're incorporating language and cultural lessons into these different garden projects with your students? So I have two small gardens in front of the library in Cost City. And one, um, we had tomatoes and Brussels sprouts and onions and other vegetables that we need and we use. And then we take the, the produce from those two small gardens to our Title VI. And then recently, in August, I planted a 40 by 40 pumpkin patch, and it's in a useful part of our dance grounds out at Washunga, Oklahoma. It will soon be able to be a resource for our people. Once we get the soil testing and soil right, then we're going to be able to plant potatoes, onions, tomatoes, all of the useful things we, our cooks could use, our ojo. That's where most of our tribal events, social events, and other events are held. So I'm excited to see what that can do for our Gonze Nikashinga. You also have some of your students that help you out there a little bit too? Mm-hmm. Some of our immersion students help at the library gardens. They're before school age students, so six weeks to three-year-olds will help pick the produce from that garden. And then we had, I have a youth team in Newkirk that we call Tajay Sage which means hard wind because we're the people of the south wind, the Akanikashinga. So our language team, Taji Sage, is made up of 23 to 25 students that commute and get dropped off by the Newkirk school bus and Scheidler schools and Ponca City schools. We work together to plan for the new garden out at the powwow grounds at Washunga. Over the summer, I had a few of them that needed community service and other things so they were able to help get some manure and other things spread across the garden so we were able to plant more seeds and fertilize it so 
Nice. A little bit of functional learning, kind of incorporating yeah. different language lessons into these gardening projects, which ultimately help the, the greater community. Mm-hmm. And the Kansai Nikashinga, actually, we had a long day ago, we had a clan or a group of clans that were actually responsible for our gardens and our crops and things. And that's another avenue that our language department is trying to go down is not only language revitalization, but culture revitalization. And that's going to bring back some of those old traditions and ways of taking care of our garden and maybe even singing our songs that went along with that. Hopefully we can get our youth involved and our people back involved to bring those things back to light. Tell us about some of the other community events you're involved in. I recently attended a mini powwow that you were part of at Newkirk High School. I believe there's another youth powwow. I think it's the language powwow that you guys have during the summer. Uh huh. So the youth powwow at Newkirk High School, that was hosted by our JOM program, and that was just to involve the school children and educate them on Native American heritage, considering November was Native American Heritage Month. So we had involvement in, in the Newkirk mini powwow. But in the summertime in May, the second week of May, usually we have a youth powwow that's hosted by our language team, Taji Sage. Our, all of our head staff is actually youth, children, and we try to do that all the way through the powwow. So our cooks are children, our, our most of our dancers, and but everyone is welcome to come dance because it's really just to honor them and their hard work throughout the year. It's a celebration. It's about our language, and our language is important. So everyone is invited. That's the second week of May. So we'll be having that again in 2023. When it comes to the Nation Language Department, as the director, tell us some more about your staff and the different roles they play within your department. You recently had an intern as well, correct? Mm-hmm. So although our department does a lot, it is kind of stressful because we only have, we have me, the director, and Taposka. And then I have Susie Smith, who is my curriculum specialist, and she's the one that builds the curriculum to match our students and our people, our Gonze Nikashinga. And so she does a really good job at pacing them, helping them reach that next level of language efficiency. That's that's what Susie does, and she does a lot of our grants. Oh, I had an intern, yes, Brandy Wood. She's a Newkirk Tiger. I've had Brandy in class since she was nine years old, and she's 17. So that's pretty cool. And she's one of our most advanced students, and she's one of our youth. And I think that's the future of our language in our language department is a lot of our children, our Jinga Jinga, carrying this forward. And that's why we're here today is to make sure that they know everything that they, they need to in case something should happen. We, this language carries forward, just like my grandma's dreams. I'm trying to tie up and move this language forward for them. And for my children, too. Is there any um, coordination that you're doing with outside organizations or other tribes regarding language preservation? Yes, we work with a lot of different tribes. Like we mentioned before, we're part of the Degiha people, our Yagahon Nikashinga. That's our family. So we reach out to our brother tribes. Like right now, I just recently reached out to our Wajaji Nikashinga, the Osage tribe, about... Scheidler Public Schools, which is in their jurisdiction, but we're going to start teaching language classes at Scheidler. I have to make sure that 
that we work with the Wajaji people. I guess the Ponca people, um, they, their language department reaches out to us and, and we reach out to them. It's all kind of a team effort because we're all here for the same reason, to revitalize and keep our language alive. So it would be much harder if we didn't have those allies, so we keep them close. Another thing that I noticed was really neat, there was a recent um, Veterans Day parade held in Ponca City. Former Chair Lynn Williams and yourself helped to coordinate Ka Nation's participation, and you guys had a float going. Something I noticed, you had a, a beautiful banner that was put together. You were able to do some research and compile a list of some of the local tribal veterans and put their names on this banner. Something I know that you're very excited about is continuing to work with the local tribal community and compile a more extensive list of veteran names to go on these banners in parades to come. Now, they probably just have to reach out to your department, um, your email, phone number. What would you What would you say is the best way for people that want to kind of give you these names and, and help you to compile a more extensive list? I think the best way would probably be by email, which is just emailing me or my assistant Susie at connation.com. Well, thank you again, Storm, for sitting down and talking to us about all these incredible programs and events that you have underway. You do so much for our tribe to help preserve the language, preserve the culture. I look forward to sitting down with you in the future to continue to talk with you about a lot of these things that you have underway. Oh, uh-huh. we blow huh? Thank you for having me today. We tome domin ke. You've been listening to Kanza Radio, a weekly update on the people, events, activities, and services of the Ka Nation. For more information, visit our website at kanation.com or kanation on Facebook. Listen again next week at this same time for another edition of Kanza Radio.